solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Barr. Go to billboard.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Uh, we're kind of doing a semi-crossover day today. Cody Rourke of Locked On Broncos will be joining the show. Cody and Cody, it's funny. Cody and Cody had a good discussion about Philip Lindsay, new starting, presumably starting running back for the Houston Texans. That backfield could be very special for Houston with a new improved line, Cody. A new line, new offensive line coach, and new scheme, right? And so I think everything we thought it would be last year, I think it'll be this year. Plus, you got younger, you got more explosive with Philip Lindsay, and it allows Danny Barrett, David Cully, Tim Kelly to figure out the situations and when they want to use David Johnson and Mark Ingram if both of those players will be on the roster for Houston week one of the NFL season. Uh, the NFL has approved, as of last year, we know that they approved the expansion of the NFL season. So it will now be 17 games stretched out across 18 weeks of the NFL. A lot of players are not happy about that. And then also the implications of Miami's in the 49ers trade over the weekend. Does that mean anything for Houston at all? Or will Deshaun stay here in Houston, whether he's playing or not? Will he be under contract with his legal woes that's going on right now? So let's go ahead and get started with the trade, Cody. The 49ers and Miami, they swap picks over the weekend. The 49ers are jumping all the way up to the number three pick, which should have been Houston's. Shout out to Bill O'Brien. Somebody <laughs> said he should get hired just to get fired again. Um, but... The 49ers now hold the third pick in the NFL draft. They sent the number 12 pick overall and the 20 and a 2021 third round pick and first round picks in 2022 and 2023 for Miami's third overall pick. So Miami did get more back, uh, but it looks like the 49ers are really gearing themselves up to draft one of these quarterbacks. But Cody, does that mean anything for Houston this season at all? And remember, before you answer this, I just want to give listeners, you know, a week's wrap up. We talked about Deshaun Watson and his legal woes last week a couple of times. We also mentioned the possibility, the rumor of Houston gearing up to trade Deshaun Watson before the news dropped. And so now Miami was a preferred destination. The 49ers was also allegedly on that list. Does this trade mean anything for the third team involved, which would have been Houston? Or is this just 49ers just saying, hey, we see what's going on in Houston right now with their quarterback. We don't believe in Jimmy. 
let's go and get us a young quarterback on a rookie deal that we'd be able to win around in the next three to four years without having to, you know, the quarterback market is crazy. So without having to invest so much money in, and we can also have this young quarterback take a year to learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo. So does this mean anything for Houston moving forward? I don't think so. And I truly do believe that it doesn't matter if Deshaun Watson is playing or if if Watson is suspended, he's going to be a part of this Houston Texans roster in 2021. Because when you take a look at what San Francisco did, especially when you take a look at what Miami did, they gave the impression that they are no longer seeking Deshaun Watson. And John, I also want to mention that the Miami Dolphins now hold the number six pick because they traded back up with the Philadelphia Eagles to get the number six pick. And I'm about to break this down when you look at the Miami side of things and look at the San Francisco side of things. First and foremost, when you take a look at San Francisco, yes, they have the number three pick, as you alluded to, originally belonged to the Houston Texans, but they no longer have the draft capital needed in order for them to make a move for Deshaun. Why? They gave up two first round draft picks, one in 2022 and in 2023. And we all know that it doesn't matter who the Texans decided to do business with. We know draft capital, especially a first round draft pick, was the number one asset in order to get their hands on Deshaun Watson. San Francisco no longer has that. Plus, they still have Jimmy G on their roster. And the general manager and head coach both came out and said that Jimmy G is still their quarterback, i.e. we all know that smoke and mirrors at the end of the day. However, if they were putting themselves in position to go after Deshaun Watson, they would have, A, traded Jimmy G over the weekend, and B, they would not be rumored to be getting one of the top quarterbacks in this year's draft. So, That rules out San Francisco. Then you take a look at the Miami Dolphins. They have all the draft capital needed in order to get Deshaun Watson now. However, I spoke to a source who covers the Miami Dolphins, and they told me that the moves that the Miami Dolphins made on Friday was an indication that they are all in on Tua for at least this season in 2021. And what they are planning to do with that number six pick is to draft either Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle one of the top wide receivers in this year's draft. I know there was a lot of speculations by saying that the Dolphins was about to make a move for Deshaun, especially considering that Will Fuller had just signed there. However, that is not the case. So those are just two teams who was on his preferred trade destination. There's still the New York Jets and the other teams that's rumored to be trying to get Deshaun is the Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. And I highly doubt that those two teams have enough for the Texans in order to get Deshaun. And two, I'm not too sure if Deshaun would want to play for those two teams. So (laughs) Deshaun is out of luck, man. And it's unfortunate (laughs) that he finds himself in this situation. But it's like I said all last week, at this point, Deshaun has a lot more things to worry about other than not playing for the Houston Texans in 2021. I want to tell you guys really quick about Bet Online, where you can make you some extra money i'm doing it you should as well because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football is over in a sense but you can still get some extra money by betting with the nba college basketball and the nhl bet online even covers award tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online also has you covered for all of the new scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Get more of the news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And continuing with this Monday edition of Locked On Texans, we are joined by Mr. Cody Rourke, the host of Locked On Broncos, to discuss the Texans signing of running back Philip Lindsay, who spent three years as a member of the Denver Broncos. Cody, my guy, first and foremost, welcome to Locked On Texans, and I'm glad to have you here. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I tell you what, I you know I think Broncos fans are really bummed out that uh, Philip Lindsay is you know no longer in Denver. Uh, but you know what, the Texans are getting a really great player, and I'm very excited to kind of share my thoughts and my observations about Phil with Texans fans to give them a lot more insight on him. Broncos fans might be a little sad about it, but Houston fans, we are a little bit excited, especially me, because Lindsey is still extremely young, and he was on the verge, at least through his first two years, it seemed like he was on the verge of becoming one of the best running backs in the game and I was literally stunned to see the Texans were able to pick him up on that one-year deal um so with that being said what type of running back are the Texans getting in Lindsay and how much do you feel he will be able to improve the Texans run game well I think it really depends on how the Texans utilize their offense what kind of offensive approach do they want to run if they want to run Philip Lindsay consistently between the tackles I don't think that plays to his strengths I think that Philip Lindsay is the type of guy that you're going to bring out there. Let's say that you've been wearing the defense down. Let's say you're on a 10-play drive right now. You're past midfield, or even you're, you're approaching midfield there, and you need someone that's going to absolutely burn the defense. Philip Lindsay's that type of guy. You get him on a toss play to the outside. You get him on stretch plays, counter, uh, any, any of those plays where he can hit the C gap, get to the outside, or even the B gap. He's one of those guys that can get skinny, find the hole, and then use his acceleration to burst up you know, north-south at, at a very high rate he's a very fun player to watch he's not normally the type of guy you want to bring in and use as a pass protection running back even though he's really worked on that in his game right he's undersized a little bit but he's bulked up he's really worked on it I think in the last season of really just trying to be more solid and contributing as a pass protection guy uh, but also even utilizing him as a receiver out of the backfield Denver didn't really do too much of that now some of the concerns I think over the last couple of seasons were when the Broncos tried to get him to him you know there were a couple of times he dropped the ball you know I think he was looking to get up field before you know even securing the football which a lot of players make that mistake but I think also a lot of it too he had a, he had a variety of different quarterbacks throwing in the ball and some of the ball placement was terrible it was behind him too far to the inside on an outside throw so for him as a running back you know you're used to seeing swing routes you know bubbles you're used to seeing runs out routes to the flat those are the things you can get Phil on and Phil once he gets that ball in his hands he can do damage and I think he's going to bring you know bring that kind of heat to uh, the Houston Texans. Throughout his first two years, Lindsey had back-to-back -back seasons where he rushed for over 1,000 yards. But this past year, he only recorded 502 yards in 11 games. From what you saw, Cody, what was the reasoning behind Lindsey's digression last season? Well, you know, week one against the Tennessee Titans, he comes in and, you know, he, he's the starting running back. I mean, they started both he and Melvin Gordon. They did a two-back set to, to start the game, so they never really want to say, hey, this one guy's our starter. Uh, they were engaged in, a, you know, a competition there, but 
Uh, in that week one game against Tennessee, he ended up suffering turf toe, and he ended up missing the next four weeks. Because of that, he returned in week six against the New England Patriots, and he ran for over 100 yards. I mean, he was he was gashing that Patriots defense left and right on his return. And then they play the Kansas City Chiefs. He gets hit by Daniel Sorensen, helmet to helmet, and gets a concussion, has to sit out. You know, And then he plays the rest of the season. And then the Broncos, they go into the New Orleans Saints game with zero quarterbacks. So you know what that forced the Broncos to have to do? I remember they had to, to go, yeah, they have to go Wildcat. So Philip Lindsay's the Wildcat quarterback, and he gets his knee twisted up. And it's like, you know, because of the NFL's decision to make the Broncos play a game without any quarterbacks when, you know, everything was really fine with the QBs, that, you know, they could have played on a Monday night if they pushed it back, if they really wanted to, or even on a Tuesday. They force Phil to take those unnecessary, you know, risks. Like as a Wildcat, you you know, you're either running to the outside, you're running inside. So what happened was he got wrapped up by a defender. Another defender came in and wrapped around the legs and twisted, and he twisted his knee and missed the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, outside of that, Denver didn't, you know, in my opinion, utilize Philip Lindsay the right way. Right? We talk about how how can Philip Lindsay best help your team? Well, get him to the outside. They they try to run him in on inside runs like dive play straight up in the A gap, and so Tennessee on film. Teams were watching it. Anytime Philip Lindsay in the game, well, they're going to run it because he's not really a receiving threat. They don't use him as a receiver. He's not really a blocking threat. They're not going to use him in pass protection, so they're going to run it. So defenses would stack the box, pinch the outsides, and it, it was just so rough for Philip Lindsay. I mean, I've never seen a guy kind of set up for failure, right? And I don't think it was due to Philip Lindsay. I think it was due to the Broncos' offensive scheme. It set Phil up for failure. And you could correct me if I'm wrong. One of the reasons why I felt Lindsey, you know, took a step back last year was just simply due to the fact that you also had Mel- Melvin Gordon back there. And just like what you just said, yep. um, they, you know, they didn't want to give one the starting running back role over the other. So with that being said, now he's coming to Houston and it's a little bit more crowded because now he's joining a backfield that has David Johnson and Mark Ingram. So if Lindsey is healthy, do you feel he has what it takes to be the starting running back? And how do you see him fitting um, with this, with the other two running backs that we have? And I know it's kind of tricky to say right now, because, you know, we have David Cully here and we're still trying to get a sense of what is his coaching philosophy. And then of course, you know, everything else that's going on with this team. Oh, well, you know, I think Coley really like Philip Lindsay. I think if I had to estimate a projected starter day one, it's probably going to be Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram will probably be the starter for the Texans, just from an outsider's perspective, right? You probably have a better idea on that than me. But um, I, I think that Philip Lindsay, I think that we're going to see a running back by committee approach. And you mentioned David Johnson. You know, I think that with those three tailbacks right there, I mean, Houston could do a lot of different things. You know, we see a running back committee approach by, you know, multiple teams. They even did that in Baltimore with Ingram and and obviously the tailback that they have there. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of a mix-up, but it really depends on what you want to do. I imagine they may design packages. Here's the deal with Philip Lindsay. You can use him on jet sweep if you really wanted to. You can use him as a receiver. Where You know, his first touchdown in the NFL, his very first play, the Broncos just threw a, a route to the flat to him. He took it and, and took it 29 yards for a touchdown. Uh, he, he has the ability to contribute in big ways. So I, I just don't think he's going to be the primary guy. Like I said, I think offensive scheme really matters. I don't think he's going to be the, the penciled-in starter for Houston per se because you do have Ingram. You do have Johnson, who and Johnson is also that guy who could be not only just a very capable rusher but also a capable receiver. So it kind of makes uh, the dilemma for Philip Lindsay a little bit more difficult, and that's why the Broncos brought in Melvin Gordon. They, they really viewed that Melvin Gordon could be that rusher and that receiving guy. 
uh, and it's just unfortunate for Philip Lindsay, who never really got the chance to be that. And you know, and I think that with the different, all the changes on the offensive side for Philip Lindsay in his career, I mean, he's had a new OC in his first three seasons, and now he's going to have a new OC entering his fourth season in the NFL. So, uh, you know, th- those kind of things I think hurt you, but um, I think that he can contribute. I think if they go with a by committee approach, he'll find a way to contribute. And I do believe that is what David Kelly is going to do, um, in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure it's all going to come down between what take place during OTAs and, of course, training camp to see who's going to be that starter week week one. I'm leaning towards the side we're going to see Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram's a little bit. He, he's getting up there in age at this stage of his career. And then David Johnson, I mean, it's it's only a blessing for him to know that he's back in the Houston Texans jersey. Last question before getting out of here really quick. How much are you guys going to miss your hometown hero <laughs> and Philip Lindsay in Denver? Well, you know, I can tell you this. I, I'm going to miss Philip Lindsay because he's an underdog. You know, for me, when I first came to the media, it was it was Philip Lindsay's rookie season. You know, he's an undrafted rookie free agent. And I just remember being at, at training camp, at, you know, at the Broncos facility watching him. And he was wearing the, the number two jersey. And nobody knew his name. Like, we all knew his name. But, you know, when you're, when you're an undrafted rookie, players aren't going to say your name, right? They're going to say number two, right? But he was gashing the Broncos' first-team defense with Domata Pecco, Derek Wolf, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, uh, all these guys, Chris Harris Jr., Brandon Marshall. And those guys were saying, like, hey, that's our, star- that's our starting tailback right there. They said that, you know. And so I think that he came in and he got that respect right away. And he's just got a chip on his shoulder. And so he's going to be that energy guy. I think that's what Broncos fans are going to miss. You know, he, he played high school in Denver. He played his college career in Colorado at CU. And then he was able to get in and make it with the Denver Broncos and, and really become a fan favorite. He gave Broncos fans a lot of excitement, you know, through some poor years. You know, his first couple of seasons, you know, the Broncos weren't winning games. But he was the most entertaining player to watch on the field. So they're going to miss that. And I'm going to miss that just because he, he, he walks around with a chip on his shoulder, which I think is always a great thing, you know, kind of always being overlooked. Um, he kind of represents everything that you want in a player. Hopefully he could bring that positive energy with him from Denver to Houston, because as of right now, we need all the positive <laughs> energy we can get down here in Houston. Well, thank you so much, Cody, for speaking with me today here on Locked On Texans. Really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. I cover the Broncos every single day, but I also cover the rest of the National Football League for Pro Football Network. So, uh, love interacting with football fans that want to, you know, talk football, talk X's and O's. That's the kind of thing I'm in for. That was Cody Rourke telling you about Philip Lindsay. I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will ultimately become the best-tasting protein bar. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news, mock draft updates podcast. 
Follow the Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Cody, is adding an extra game and an extra week in the NFL a bad idea? I think I think it is um, simply because you're still jeopardizing what you – I think it's jeopardizing the players. Alvin Kamara spoke out against it. Uh, other players have spoke out against it as well. You know, so they agreed on this last year. An extra game, what does that really do? Now, I like the extra team added to the NFL playoffs. I think that's fun. I think that will make the playoffs even more exciting. The NFL playoffs is probably the best playoffs in major sports. I can't tell you the last time I saw a bad playoffs. Uh, bad, bad Super Bowl, yes, but not the entire playoffs. Uh, so that's that. But is it a bad idea? And if it's not a bad idea, why would they go with, at least in Houston's case, the first year? It looks like they will be playing the Carolina Panthers, Cody. Just like, what's up with that? In a way, I do believe that the NFL dropped the ball on this because one is just going to make the race for the NFL playoffs just a little bit more entertaining, knowing that you have that one extra game, that one extra week. If you have a team that's on the outside looking in, and if they win the last two games, they get in, that's going to be fun. However, I just wish the NFL would have took a different approach. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint of maybe they should have used that last game of the regular season, which is now week 18 they should have used it as like robbery week or something like that. Because think about it, John, the NFL should have and could have marketed this to the point where every team, we all know your main rivals are the guys that are in your division. But what about the teams that are not in your division and you still have to just as much or even greater dislike for them? I.e., let's take a look at the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys. And it just would have added a little bit more extra spice to just adding a regular season game now because they're playing the Panthers and apparently the game is going to take place in Houston the only thing that will spice up a Panthers versus Texans game inside NRG Stadium is of course if the Panthers ended up winning the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes however I don't think that's going to happen and I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten week 18 Panthers versus Texans is just going to turn into another meaningless game for both franchises who nine times out of 10 is going to be on the outside looking in on the 2021 playoffs. And the thing is like we get Houston and Dallas in the preseason, but that's not a real game. I mean, it is a real game, right? But it's not like, it's not like every fan in the building. It's not like, you know, because in the preseason, what will we always say? Dude, chill out. It's just the preseason. But in a regular season game where your starters are playing all four quarters and, you know, God forbid we get a fifth extra quarter. Oh, my gosh, that'd be amazing. Like any, whether it's in Jerry's world or the NRG stadium, like the electricity throughout the building. And if if the NFL allows 100% capacity, like imagine how, Imagine how great that atmosphere would be. Like tickets would be off the roof, sales, like beer sales, uh, food sales, clothing sales, like everything would be through the roof. And that game would be tremendous. And you, like you said, Cody, like you would give the, the, the only two professional football teams in the state of Texas bragging rights at least for another 365 days. Like it doesn't matter what our regular season was. When we played you, 
we beat your ass. And that's all that matters. So, uh, but I, I am against the 17 games. I think 16 is perfect. We still need to cut down the preseason, which they did. Take that down to three, three or two games, like what you're doing. But you don't need to add the extra stress on these players' bodies. I, I, and I think that's why I'm against it, right? This is the same league that kept CTE from their players for years. And so now you, you're still going to put more physical, mental, emotional stress on these guys. And it, it will beg the question, yes, it's just one extra game. And I get that. But how long would some of these players be able to play at a high performance with that one extra game? So, I mean, they at least will have this for the next 10 years. They already signed the CBA agreement. I was very disappointed when that was, uh, when, that, when that agreement was signed. However, I'm not an NFL player, and a lot of NFL players don't make the millions that we think they do. A 53-man roster, that salary cap of $198 million doesn't go a long way when your quarterback is going to make majority of that. Your left tackle, your like, you know, once it gets down to rotational guys, they're not always going to get that type of money. So in that case, the 17 will be good because now additional money can be uh, made for certain players. And, and I get it. Those guys are warriors. They sacrifice their bodies and minds. That's what they feel like is right for them. I'm just against it. Um, but, you know, who am I? I'm just John, some sports guy, Hickman. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. Let's talk this week. Let's have fun like we did two weeks ago. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And ladies and gentlemen, please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the new song we have created by Solo Hendrix, my man. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.